0: Hey, doing i'm michael bell the voice of duke hi this is Adrienne palicki lady J from gi joe hey there it's rachel
1: nichols aka scarlet
0: and if you're listening and
1: you're listening to and you are listening to anything
0: joe's a collaborative journey through the world of gi joe with greg and jaren yo joe. joe got my gi Joe's, got my comic books, watching cartoon episodes. Watch me go and box, dead stop, jaring on his toes. Watch me going like a whole new world. You never know. On my freaking block, on my block, anything Joe's. Roll my badger into work today. Yes, sir, no, sir. I can't call this work today. I'm too clutch. Ain't no pun intended. Call me sir today. Check the prices out. My collection feeling burnt today. Anything Joe. 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 Joe.
1: Joe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we're going to be recounting the events and acquisitions of Winterfest 4. This is the <laughs> one that is the smaller show. It's uh, slimmed down to be like no guests Vendors only It's you know it's just for the shopping experience essentially And of course that's exactly how I took it You're going to hear a lot of people this week Talk about what a great feeling it was To get together and see a lot of good friends And have a lot of good camaraderie That's not what I'm here to talk to you about I'm here to talk to you about all the great toys I picked up <laughs> Before we do that uh, I want to talk a little bit about the convention experience itself This year, we probably did more like actual work on the floor than we've ever done in terms of like we recorded while we were there, which we'll show you guys that video here in a minute, and we also recorded a lot of video footage on the floor so you guys could get an actual look at what the vendors look like. We'll be putting that kind of throughout this video uh, as we go, just so you you know it's like you were there, like you'll know what what it was like to be there. Uh, Especially if you're like on the fence about coming, it's you'll get a better idea what's going on. Um, so yeah, let's go through the whole thing. Basically, um, we started very early Friday morning because Joel from Order of Battle was our roommate. Well, I should actually say we were his roommate because he did all the heavy lifting. <laughs> um, and so we picked him up from the airport, like just shy of noon, maybe, which for me is tremendous because I had worked the night before. So I had already, i had only had a couple hours of sleep. We ate and then we kind of like, we Uh, dispersed essentially we i checked into the hotel and went to sleep because i not i knew it was gonna be a long night and Jaron and joel went to do
2: uh, what did you guys do so we helped like do load in for i worked with lost and found toys her friend greg and natalie he worked with destros toy den uh and then we just kind of helped out here and there then i did a run uh to go get some supplies and then came back and then then you know finish up any cleaning and and actually got to walk around the the show floor for a little bit and check everything out. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty sweet little perk for sure that I missed out on. But I also didn't want to do any work for anybody on like this. <laughs> I'm like, I took the day off of work for this. So I'm gonna be as lazy as possible and kick back. So if you guys are not familiar with the Kentucky Anna Convention like experience, I, we talk about them every single year. Uh, they have a like a it's called a Colonel's Preview, which is basically you get in the night before for about three, four hours. And uh, that also gets you access to everything on Saturday. They have an early bird Saturday morning, which is like, I think it's like $10. I think you're right. It's like $10 fact, for the early bird and like five for the regular. Right. So the early bird starts is from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then 10 a.m., everybody can get in for five bucks, which I think is nice to have a tier for however serious you are about it. If you just wanted to... For example, if you're not there to look at G.I. Joe stuff, it's actually... Probably pretty normal to come on just that Saturday because you're not competing with every other human being out there. Me won't be in one of them. So uh, before we show you the video that recaps, you know, kind of how we were doing Friday night, I'll talk a little bit about that the experience overall getting into the convention. You know, this is we're at the new convention center now. This is the second or third time we've been there, and it's uh, it is it's great. Uh, it's right by si- It's right beside the hotel. It's like literally just a, a one minute walk, which I love. Um, It's a little further out, but I think we're kind of getting used to that. And I think we're also starting to adjust to the fact that there's nowhere for us to all gather afterwards. Um, But as far as the convention center itself goes, everything was great. The convention was set up exactly like I expected it to be. I knew it would be a smaller scale thing, but at the same time, it has all the vendors that I regularly shop with. Uh, Lost and Found Toys is there. Destro's Toy Den is there. Aroma Collectibles is there. The toy department is there. These are all the guys that I know. Have the best deals. They're the people that I shop with the most because of it, partially. Um, and so, all right, time to get. Let's get into the. Let's get into the goodies. I had a couple of objectives when I uh, was going into this convention because I take it kind of seriously compared to some others. I feel like because I have a huge shopping list that I've got, and this is one of the only chances I have to knock that stuff out. So my mission objectives were as follows: one. Com- Find parts for vehicles to make them complete. I have a checklist of most vehicles what they're missing, and I've got a lot of vehicles that are only missing one or two parts. So I am have have been trying to complete those vehicles so I can mark them off my list and consider them like done. Second thing, uh, you know, I'm a big vehicle shopper at these conventions because it's you save all the money on shipping and you get to examine them in person. And you get better deals. I feel like in general. So get vehicles that I don't have at all. We'll talk at the end of the show about how many vehicles are left on my checklist, but basically we're, it's starting to get watered down enough to where I almost can remember them all, but I have a list anyway. And the third thing was to find modern figures that were kind of like deeply discounted, missing stuff, whatever, because I wanted to build my uh, custom stockpile up with just whatever. And you'll see on, my, on our Friday night video that I accomplished a lot of that stuff. I went really hard Friday night because I've learned and said many times, if you see something that's a real good deal, maybe don't wait on it because that stuff does go very quickly. And so this time around, I was pulling stuff right away. I basically was like, do one lap, try not to buy anything, and then immediately start a second lap and buy everything now that you know, you know, because you don't want to overpay for something, turn around and find it a half price. And that really does happen in this convention. The sawtooth on the exact same item from booth to booth is pretty wild. Like, I don't know if it's a severe disconnect in what the value of it is or if people are just trying to move it much more aggressively, but you can really see a, a huge difference. I'll give you an example later on when we get into recent acquisitions of like really solid deals. So I did that lap, all good. Saw a lot of stuff and was like, all right, great. I went back and immediately was like, this is the stuff I don't want anybody else to see. I got to get it now while the my iron's hot.
2: It is really a whole different show on Friday night for sure. I think we talked about it a little bit on the video coming up, but it's it's crazy to see the difference and like you said the the difference in price and in things you can go down the first aisle and you see something for 75 go down the last aisle and you see something for 150 uh or vice versa and so it's really crazy how how that kind of thing happens so you have to be smart and and i have gotten better about being smart but, but I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> All right. So without
1: further ado, let's go to the Friday night video. Essentially, this video is something that we filmed in the hotel room with Joel from Order of Battle, obviously, because he was doing, he's basically like our shop. He's our third. He's shopping with us. We're talking. And we wanted him to be involved in the conversation because I respect and enjoy his uh, opinion on uh, lots of things in the GI Joe community. And we're basically talking about the stuff that we picked up Friday night. So without further ado, let's take a look at that video. We're here on night one of the early bird access for Winterfest 4 here in Louisville, Kentucky, or I guess technically Shepherdsville, Kentucky now. Uh, we've had a pretty busy day for what has been only about four hours worth of shopping. Um, should we talk about some of the stuff we saw, what we got into, what we picked up? Sure. My mentality going into Winterfest this year was that I wanted to not hesitate on things that I thought would are too good to be true. Essentially, so anything that I saw that I thought I could get a good deal on, I, I just I just pulled the trigger on it. I bought more stuff. I'm looking at you guys can't see it, but it's over here. But I'm looking at all the stuff I bought, and I I mean I went pretty hard for a, you know in the four hour window, which again reinforces the concept that this is an early bird that you just genuinely cannot afford to miss because the stuff that is such a good steal is getting stolen tonight right now by us. Um, did you? Do you guys want to talk about uh, anything specific that you found tonight that you are just like, yes, this was worth the trip alone? <laughs>
0: uh, I bought a bunch of interesting customs that use two or more brands, factory-made parts uh, that were retrofitted into single figures for an amazing bundle deal. Uh, and, I mean, for... All under ten dollars a piece.
1: <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about this guy a little bit. I don't know what this guy's like major point of like business is because he had diorama sets. He had some Star Wars. stuff. I believe
0: he's just clearing out his personal collection. Oh, you think that you think he made all of those? Yes, I know for a fact he did. Okay, you, you looked at the parts bag, uh-huh. where the figures were hacked in half and stuff. Those were like were the Mars attacks re- or uh, reaction bodies that he hacked up.
1: That's an impressive amount of customization okay. for one guy. So, uh, we're not doing a good job describing it. Basically, this job, this guy has a booth set up. He has these little trays that would slide out. And, each, and in each tray, there was an assortment of various stuff. There's I saw, you know, this is all four-inch scale stuff. Star Wars, Joe's, Haya Toys, Joy Toy, uh, Predator
0: and Aliens. Um, I mean, there was, he had made... Fantastic Four figures using boss fight figures. There was Marauder figures. Uh, I We both purchased stuff from him at the summer show and I believe he's just kind of clearing out maybe his 118 side of things but no, because mm-hmm. he had a bunch of six inch stuff here today too. That's true. He had a bunch of classified <laughs> stuff in the $10 bin.
2: Another reason why you need to get here early is because a vendor came and bought his entire like loose classified and Marvel Legends box and like at 10 bucks a piece is what it was listed for so who knows what he got for the whole box but that stuff's all gone so like that's the kind of stuff that on a friday night preview you can come dig through like i got an extra stalker got a spider-man for my kid like that kind of stuff super cheap and easy and you just grab it and you're okay like, hey, okay cool and you're gone but that's the kind of stuff that as friday night when it closes those vendors will get together sometimes and they'll be like oh hey I want that, let's get this and work out some kind of deal.
1: That is very true. You are also competing against other vendors that are like, this is such a good price, I can sell it for more. So, My mentality going into it was literally I'm going to do a lap and anything that I see on that first lap that I have to have, I'll get. And we'll get into a little bit of that here in just a second. But I do want to talk about this guy because we both spent a significant amount of money right away with this guy. And it just, it's, I'll show you an image of all the figures I got, but it is literally just a smorgasbord of modern era figures of stuff that he had customized that looks very good. Lots of, I saw lots of figures that I could see exactly who he was going for. There was like a Heisenberg from Breaking Bad that I ended up with. I got a Butcher from the Boys, which is also a really good custom. Like really good, I'm not, I'm not going to leave it like that. My objective was to find modern figures that I could use for customs. This stuff is perfect for that. No, Very few things that were actually painted, so you can just kind of do whatever you want. Like, a lot of good stuff. I was
0: really happy yeah, with it. Yeah, he... I found his booth and made this massive pile, and he gave me a price, which was outstanding, and then I was like, not that the price you gave me wasn't amazing, I was like, I'm flying. I was like, I have... I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to, like... So I, I ended up getting probably two-thirds of what I had originally pulled out uh, for about half of the original price that he offered me, so... Uh, yeah, it was an amazing stop. Yeah, I balked on this when I saw it originally because I thought it would take too long
1: to go through it, and then Joel pulled like every good thing out of it, and I was like, okay, well, let me go back and take another look, and of course, I found, I spent, he, he, did, this stuff was not really priced very well or at all, so I literally was just pulling stuff with the hopes that it would be priced affordably, and it was, I got, I mean, at least probably 20 figures or there, in, for 150 bucks, so less than ten dollars a figure. I got some Dio stuff. I found a we looked at that Egyptian thing and it was a 1998 Todd McFarlane, like there was a lot of that type of stuff. I got that because I was like cool diorama stuff. I found uh Joel and I split on a bunch of like alien uh, what do they call the eggs? eggs yeah. yeah, the eggs, both like intact, opened up, face crawlers, face huggers, um, some. Like little, just a bunch of random alien stuff that I was like, this will make good kind of diorama flare. Anyway, that was like one of the bigger pickups from tonight. That I mean, that stuff is is literally all gone. Tomorrow, somebody's just gonna be looking at empty bins essentially because they were cleaning them out left and right. If not customers, then vendors that saw an opportunity. Let's talk about uh, other stuff that we found that was pretty impressive.
2: My biggest, physically biggest purchase is this Batmobile from McFarlane. This is the Flash movie version. And the gentleman that sold it to me was, like, super cool. Uh, He gave me an incredible deal. And then we had talked about my kids. So he gave me a little Batmobile for my son because what I had talked about. I was like, I'm going to let him play with this, but he's going to have to be way more careful with this one. Um, But he was super incredible. He is, I didn't, he doesn't have, like, a toy shop or anything. He just does some kind of, uh, kind of just for fun sort of stuff. But he's in a band called Flashback. Out of Asheville, They're, uh, they do like 80s hair metal or hair hair rock. It's pretty cool. Um, but he was super nice, and I will be probably hitting him up for some more DC stuff at a GI Joe show because this, that's what I do. This doesn't come with a Batman. It this one does not. The Flash doesn't. Todd also released a 1989 version that is even more true to the 89 movie. Mm-hmm. It comes with a Keaton uh, Batman. Which and is pretty cool.
1: I do love this. I know it's not G.I. Joe related, but it's just like I think anybody that's bought a Tom McFarling toy in the last like five, ten years, it really sees that he delivers you know really good stuff at a really good
0: price. I mean well, that retailed at sixty, and it's big, and it has rubber tires, and it has everything you need without like cramming in extra stuff so they can run the price up. And I got it
2: for less than retail, and he threw in a kid Batmobile, which is just like super nice like, and that's the thing Like, as you come to these shows and you start learning the, the different vendors and stuff that's the best part about coming to these you have a relationship with them you go out to eat afterwards we're hanging out in our hotel room people are constantly like stopping by or we're going to other people's rooms that kind of stuff just, that, that's the kind of atmosphere that you're going to have at a, at a show like this and you can't get anywhere else so that's my big one
1: He's got to be careful. Let me show you. i got to take care of you. I don't think your kid is the one that's going to do the damage to it. Uh, So I'll talk briefly about the kind of the highlights of the stuff that I picked up. Um, uh, I'll start with kind of the the weirder stuff first. I don't normally buy incomplete vehicles, but I'm having a hard time finding these Python Patrol vehicles at all. As a matter of fact, this is one of the first shows I've seen them at in a while. This is a Python I stun. Um, it was only $15 and it's actually in, I mean, it needs to be cleaned. It's the antennas are broken. Very common. This one of these side pieces is missing. And I actually have that from when I was a kid (laughs) and this gun back here, I think is in this, um, hubcap. So I thought I could maybe fix this or complete it for 15 bucks. I thought it was worth a shot. Does that
0: split? Uh, yeah, it
1: comes apart. Well, it's It's supposed to. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I'm not going to force it. Not not very stunning.
0: I did, like the design though. It's, so it's, design, it's supposed it to, be to split apart. and shoot. There, it. Yep. Snapped it in half. Yeah, that, that is peak that Cobra is. technology. Yeah, right? Don't drive in the middle. That's the one place where. It,
1: um,
2: they can shoot un- you un- in really all bad. these angles.
1: Next thing I picked up was the Locust. This is the Dragonfly that came out for the Toys R Us years. Um, I had one of these originally. I broke this skid in half and I just abandoned the whole thing, which was a stupid thing to do, but this stuff wasn't worth a lot then. Toys R Us. These this particular era of Toys R Us stuff has gone up a lot in value. Uh, so I found this for 60 bucks, which was much lower than other ones that were there, and does have some discoloration, but they seem to all have some discoloration at this point. The rotor works, which was important. Uh, it has the winch and the gun. Anyway, I picked this up. It's something I needed to like re-add into my collection. He, it came with the original Wild Bill, like the actual Dragonfly Wild Bill, but luckily I have the actual. Uh, the blue and white palette at home. So I'm pretty happy to find this. I mean, it was a fair, a better price than what I've seen elsewhere. You have
2: to make it fly off screen like I did with the Batman. Oh, Bell. sorry. Chuck it. Hey, Batman Rex, can you go pick him up? I'll, I'll be you. right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Yeehaw. laughs> it must be the Bermuda
1: Triangle. Two more things. Um, I had talked a while back about my Moray. I bought a Moray uh, for a long time ago. And I had almost like 95% of stuff for it. But my moray was really in really bad shape in terms of like discoloration along this hole. Uh, it was turning like uh, almost like a black. It was in a really bad shape. And I thought I could maybe clean it. I would bought a new sticker sheet from Toy Hacks. I was really going to do it up. And I, I took all that stuff down. And as I cleaned it, it has these like, I don't know how to explain it. They're like calcified deposits, little white spots. Mm. Cannot be scrubbed clean, cannot be removed. It just looked bad to the point to where I was like, this is not worth salvaging. So, this, I found a guy, uh, it's G.I. Jason, who you might know is a pretty pro- predominantly like online reseller of G.I. Joe stuff. He had three mores there, and I'd already looked at one that was like 125 with a repro lens. I thought, if this is what it comes to, this is what it comes to. So, I talked to this guy. I said, you got three mores. I want to buy the one that looks the worst. Because I told him, I explained what I was doing. I'm trying to retrofit my older one with a good shell. And so, this dude was, I mean, shout out to G.I. Jason was a very easy guy to work with. He was like, strip this down, put it in the spare parts bin, I'll give you this shell for 15 bucks. I was gonna pay 125 for a brand new one because I didn't know what else to do. On top of that, I stripped everything down and he let me keep the, one, the few things that are actually broken on mine, which is this one gun in the front are very commonly broke right here. That's
2: so you just broke it.
1: Oh. <laughs> and we did to weigh well <laughs> that last time. And uh, these windshields, which were severely yellowed on mine, they have a crack in them, but I'm, you know, I'm not gonna sweat the small stuff. So this is gonna be a great project when I get home. Strip these stickers down, clean it up, brand new stickers. Move all my stuff over to it. It's gonna be a GM. I mean, who doesn't love the Moray? It, it absolutely slaps. <laughs> last it's thing I picked. Sweat. Last thing I picked up tonight. Something I've been looking for for a while. It is actually something I thought about going into the show that I was going to buy a box because I had seen one from um, the toy department boxed at. Kentuckyana last year, but it was like it was in the two hundred dollar price range, maybe even unassembled, so not unfairly priced. It was just a high price for what I was wanting to do, which was open it and play with it. Well this year the toy department had an open complete one. It's the Blockbuster. Blockbuster is a late ninety-three, ninety four vehicle. Doesn't get a lot of like use, recognition, or love, which is a real shame because for something that came out in ninety-three, ninety four, white and black and silver is a pretty unusual color choice. Uh, I will have to report back. This is the first time I've ever seen a Blockbuster out of the box. I've never played one. I don't, I can't tell you even what all this stuff is and what it does. All I know is that I needed it. I've never seen it and I'm really, really happy. This was $55, which I think is a very good deal for a complete one. Also, all this white, very bright white, no yellowing or anything weird like that, which I think is a, can be an issue with these later ones. I like this vehicle a lot. I don't understand it or know what that's doing, but it looks great. Thanks. So this was, this was probably my pickup, although that Moray shell is a huge relief. In true 2020-24 fashion, we'll run the video that I filmed while we were there at the convention that shows you the just the kind of like, I just looked at everything, basically, so you're there. But we'll be talking about something completely different. So you have something for your ears and something for your eyes, in case you get tired of looking at us. Um, I'm going to not try to separate things by who I bought them from this year. I would instead rather try to group them by what they are, because there's a lot of things that kind of mesh together. Before I get into my haul, Jaren, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me about anything else that you picked up at the convention, or any other thoughts you have on that Batmobile, because I know that was a big pickup for you.
2: Yeah, I absolutely adore the Batmobile, and I mentioned that uh, he gave my son a Batmobile, and I made the mistake of telling my son that night that I had a Batmobile, and I <laughs> I, I thought my wife was going to tell me I had to come home. He was, he was very <laughs> excited for the Batmobile, and he loves it. He slept with it last night, so... Um and I think he's sleeping with it up there again That's tonight. Adorable. So it's it, it really a shout out to that guy with Flash Backband, if I remember that correctly, out of Asheville. Mm. Um incredible dude. Uh and then so I got Duke One and Issue One with the the Cobra variant of the uh the facsimile reprint, uh which was really cool cover that I'd wanted to get but I just never found. Luckily, our friends at Lost and Found Toys had it, so that was a cool one uh, for me to pick up. I got a Snow Serpent. That was, like, my number one thing. Like, I went into the show, and I was like, that's the only classified, uh, like, or unique figure non-repaint that i don't have anything at all uh and and found one of those for right at retail price and and i was thrilled i thought i was gonna have to overpay for it so that was another really cool thing for me to pick up and then i just i, I was kind of like you where you wanted some figures to kind of customize and and do things like that uh, i wanted that for six inch i've been really tinkering around uh for those of you looking on the youtube i've got this wolf spider that i've given like stalkers gear too because I picked up an extra stalker and an extra uh, wolf spider it's just little things like that I'm not that creative or clever so it's very simple things that I can switch Uh, as opposed to I don't do a lot of painting or anything like that but just simple gear and stuff that I can switch just to make it look like something new I've kind of been really fooling around with that so I got a few uh, grunts I was lucky enough to get a few grunts from uh, Patrick and Joel actually when they found them, got an extra Croc Master, just a bunch of classified. You know, this year going in, I was, I didn't want to buy a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily in my purview. You know, I, I love vintage, I love modern, but that's not what my collection is. Classified has been hammering my wallet, and classified is the scale and the collection that I'm, I'm actively trying to collect. Um, the other stuff's really cool, but I have to, like, really check myself out so there's very few vintage and modern figures that like if I saw it I'd be oh okay maybe like uh but really have skewed fully into six inch so uh, I got a couple of those couple uh, McFarlane DC Multiverse that I found for really cheap which is always the best thing about them uh, so uh, it was a it was a lot more simple I kind of this this show I got to meet a few more people a couple of people out there that recognized me which I was not I uh, used to so I apologize if I was super awkward. Uh, but you know, it was really nice to meet a few of the people that we interacted with online and stuff, which was really cool. And then hanging out with our our other friends like uh Joel and Jason. I uh, got to meet Hillbilly Harper with uh, the podcast from the pit guys. Got to see our friends at podcast from the pit guys. I uh, got to meet hooded Cobra Commander in person. Like that, for me, the con was like, okay, I want to get Snow Serpent. I want to find some random things. But this one was the one where I was like, I'm going to try to just hang out and really get to enjoy the time. I did the exact opposite of what Greg did, which you guys are about to hear. So back to you,
0: Greg.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I you know, I will speak more about this at the end, but it has turned into a truly, um, it grows as a social event every year. Mm-hmm. We continue to attract more and more people that are, you know, that are, good people that are also into the hobby that i enjoy being around and i do like that part of it a lot but again this is my only chance to really grind out that list so i do take it pretty pretty seriously there was a part saturday morning where jaron and joel were like hey we're gonna go get breakfast and i was like i'm good come back later i'm i'm still (laughs) going through this bag of missiles or something all right so let's get into what i got um we'll try not to double down on anything i talked about in the friday night video but it's been a couple days since then so you'll have to forgive me if i repeat myself uh i'll start with the figure bundle because i know i talked about this a little bit but i want to like now that i've actually looked into it i want to talk just briefly about it and i got to give joe full credit for this if i didn't do it then because i on my first walkthrough i looked at this this guy had little gray bins that you would pull out and in each bin there was like the you know it's all basically all four inch scale Star Wars, Marauders Task Force, Joe Modern stuff, Haya uh, Toys, uh, that Greenpeace Valley Japanese line that's real hard to import. bunch of kind of random stuff in the 4-inch line, you know, Marvel Legends, a lot of Alien and Predator stuff. I was like, that looks cool and is what kind of, kind of what I need for customs, but I will do it on the second lap. Well, by the time the second lap had come around, Joel had already like cleaned it up. Like had taken <laughs> troopers and everything out of there because that's his whole MO. And he came to me and was like, dude, don't sleep on this. I got this tremendous deal, uh, which I'm sure he will talk about on his show. And it is worth the listen for what he got because it was a, an even better deal than this. And I consider this deal to be insane. So I went back and was like, as soon as we hit the floor, I was like, all right, let me see. And sure enough, this stuff is not really priced, it's just like make a pile, make an offer. And so that's what I did. I pulled, uh, I think I've got three, six, nine, something like 30 figures all across the board. Marauder's Task Force Customs, like geared up Marauder's Task Force figures unassembled. A lot of stuff I didn't recognize at all that I was just like, this looks cool. Definitely some Haya Toys, some stuff from the that, like the Zorro line, just it's all over the place. There was a custom Walter White from Breaking Bad and what I'm pretty sure is a custom butcher from the boys, just some like really random stuff out there, but all stuff that was all like good targeting for. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted, custom stuff. So I made a big pile of all that, and I got some other kind of like off on the, uh, like off the grid diorama stuff, which is also a big thing for me. Tons and tons of the whatever they call the alien eggs. Maybe they just call them eggs. The oh, little pods yeah. are just like. Uh, Different scales, open, unopened, whatever. In this final picture, I actually, Joel was like, get this now in your bundle, and I'll trade you stuff from my bundle. And that's what we did. I gave him some various stuff that he kind of wanted as a lump, some. And he traded me a couple of these, like, bats, these Cobra Troopers, this Red Ninja, this other Shadow Ninja. That all came from him to kind of, over like, over-absorb it. I got a one of those Halo uh, air dropship pod things that was kind of, was not a hit for the halo line but a hit for every other customizer out there (laughs) and i kind of snoozed on that so i got one of those and that little mummy saragophagus thing i just picked all that stuff out anyway i got this whole bundle for like 150 which breaks down to even if you exclude the diorama stuff it's about six dollars a figure bar none i mean you're talking 20 to 30 dollar figures you know brand new more than that for some of these weird imports um one of the maybe the steal of the show for sure. I mean, almost certainly is honestly just an incredible deal. Such a good deal that if I'm understanding it correctly, the vendor beside this guy bought him out, made him an offer on everything. <laughs> and when because when we came in Saturday, all of the bins now had individual prices Haya Toys figures, $20 each, Marauders Task Force figures, $10 each. So it was a great deal that we were able to take advantage of before somebody caught on that there was way more money to be made there. <laughs> All right. Now we can get down into the nitty gritty. Cause that was one of the big things I wanted to get out of the way. I picked up, uh, you know, vintage figure or vintage vehicles is always my MO for these shows. It's the one time I only go to two of these shows a year. And it's about the only time of year that I work on my vintage vehicles. So I try to, that's, I try to just keep it straight down the middle and focus exclusively on that to that end. Here are some of the vintage vehicles that I picked up this year. I already talked about the, I got a Python stun. It was missing some parts and I was able to complete those thanks to Todd. It does have a broken uh, control stick and there's a small piece of damage to the shell. It was only 15 bucks though. So for, it's a, at the very least it's a placeholder at the very worst. It's actually got everything except for the flags now. So it's, it's pretty good considering I didn't have one at all. I also picked up a Python quest from uh, lost and found toys i believe it was 80 and it is complete um if you've been following these shows regularly you know that i have been targeting tiger force for the last year or so and i've reached the point now where i'm almost done with that i think there's only one tiger force vehicle that i don't have at all the other ones usually are missing one or two pieces so we're starting to shift that focus and i've talked about this before that night force is coming night force is expensive and it's that, you know, but there's some stuff that you can get before you get to the heavy hitters, like the whale and the uh, Sky Striker versions. And the Python the Python Patrol is the other side of that. The Python Patrol is one of the other big subgroups that I have not, I didn't really focus on. I had some Pythonized stuff when I was young. It's got, I have got rid of a lot of it because it's just a repaint. And now it's come back around to me where I'm like, well, now you actually do need it to have everything. So I conquest done, stun, kind of done, more to come on that. Uh, you'll see that there's a Rattler down here. I included it, but that is actually something separate. I found this has broken landing gear. No, but it has all the missiles not pictured there. It's actually complete other than no Wild Weasel and the other stuff. It has a missing uh, landing gear, but that's irrelevant because it's going to get painted. We're doing something custom with it. Uh, more on that down the line. Little vehicle stuff. So, uh, little playsets have been avoiding me for quite a while several years hard to find i don't know why i high demand for a because of people like me i assume because they're not that there's nothing very engaging about them but i'm getting close to the end of the line and when it comes to these in terms of these like 82 83 84 sets um i was able to find an outpost defender today or for the at the show it's You can actually see it's priced 50 bucks right there. I felt like that was a little high, but I think... I have to double-check, but I think it's the last one of those little battle sets from these early years that I did not have. I didn't have any of it, so I was able, able to find it all in one spot. Uh, another elusive small vehicle that's overpriced. I found a Radar Rat, which I was told by Todd would be one of the last vehicles to that I would probably find because it has two easily broken uh antenna on it this guy had a complete one it was like i think it was 60 bucks which is a lot of money for such a tiny disappointing vehicle essentially but (laughs) if i know one thing about if i know one thing about todd it's that he knows his stuff like collection wise he's been in it and sees it at a different angle than i do and so and I yeah i gotta also give him credit i've never seen a complete one it is rare to see a complete one even on ebay uh, and so at this point, I've been doing this long enough to know if it's something that I haven't seen in years that you got to overpay sometimes. Sometimes you got to overpay. I am a super deal hunter because I'm cheap. Everybody knows that. But if there's sometimes there's a time where you got to pony up. And this was one of those times. Pull the trigger on the radar app. I'm happy to mark it off the list. That's the only thing I'm really happy about. Uh, the other thing I bought from this guy was another piece that I thought was a little high I think I paid 40 for it, and it's a Cobra Battle Bunker, which is another little tiny playset Although I think this one is much cooler than the others. It's just a tiny little Cobra, you know bunker like a little dome I picked both of those up from the same guy and I got the outpost from someone else But those are all in the like little base criteria and that is getting very close to being completely done As a matter of fact that will segue me into this small pile of spare parts that I have over here Between Lost and Found Toys and Destro's Toy Den, I was able to mark a lot of vehicles off of my checklist in terms of parts that I needed. Probably the most successful year, other than maybe the very first year I started, that I had a very good list of parts to look for, and those two guys were able to pull a substantial list. I don't have a complete list here in front of me, and I'm not going to go through every part because I'm sure we'll all agree that that's tedious. But I will say that up to this (laughs) point, I've completed I bought a Tiger Fly last year that had a broken Gatling gun. I replaced that. I fixed my bridge layer. I fixed a uh, couple of uh, my regular, my Vant Mark II, my Stinger. This all stuff is missing like one thing and those two guys had one of the, my APC, all that stuff, I marked off the list now. Those are all, I was like, APC needed a seatbelt, Stinger needed the like roll bar in the back. Tiny, n- inconsequential things to the overall part, but I was unwilling to mark. I knew if I marked them off, as being close enough, I'd never go back and complete them. So by forcing myself to be like, like uh, Checkpoint Alpha I completed, only needed the antenna. So I know some people would be like, you're there, basically, but again, I knew if I marked it off, it'd never get completed. This is forcing me to complete it. So that was great. I haven't even finished going through all that stuff yet, but it's already yielded tremendous dividends in terms of my overall progress. Um, I picked up Two vehicles from the toy department, and they're both weirdos. But they were vehicles that I don't see very often, and it was important that I got them. And the toy department, I think, has very aggressive pricing. I always enjoy dealing with them, despite the fact that it is cash only, which is sometimes stressful. The first thing I got was the Attack Cruiser. The Attack Cruiser uh, came out in, like, 93 or 94, I think. It is this small four-wheel, three-wheel vehicle. I don't remember for sure. It's And it's got a it's tiny black... It has green, like, weapons and accessories on it. It has this little arch on the back, and it pivots up, and it shoots this, like, paper airplane off. For the year that it came out, it's actually a pretty good vehicle. The Like, the neon green is not so off-putting next to a solid black vehicle. The only thing that's disappointing about this vehicle is the goofy little flying glider bomb. You, like, hit a button, and it, like, just shoots off, and it's kind of disappointing. And But they've made it very lightweight, like a Nerf dart kind of so it would, I guess, soar, but it's so cheap and so crappy, and everything else about it actually looks pretty, pretty reasonable. The other weird thing I got, Jared. Instead of me trying to explain this dumb power feature, how about we just head over to 3Djoes.com YouTube page, and I'll show you the commercial for it, so you can get an idea what this thing does. That sounds a lot better. So the Blockbuster is a snow vehicle. Yet here's the power feature: when it rolls forward, it shoots missiles out of the guns at the top. Uh, and it comes with 10 missiles that you just kind of sling them in there and let them go. This commercial is actually pretty good. It's got them like plowing through snow and stuff. Uh, we should sit down and watch a bunch of old commercials sometime. I get a kick out of them. So, you know what? I Actually, when I, I did not know anything about the Blockbuster. The Blockbuster has been on my list for a long time because it's medium size. I did not have it. You never saw it. It was at the end of the line, so it just came out and then they were done. When I saw, I actually thought it might be a space vehicle when I first saw it because it has kind of a lunar rover vibe crossed with a '80s action vehicle that you'd see like barreling through a brick wall. (laughs) Um, And until we watched that video, until I watched that video when I got home, I did not know what the play feature this was at all. Toy department has had a blockbuster for a couple years that's been sealed in the box. It's in the two hundred dollar range, and I was hesitant to pull the trigger on that because I did not know how much I would like it. Well, this year, it was the first year that I went, and they had one opened, complete, and it was only $55. So that was like one of the very first things I bought. He was still unloading Friday night, and I said, yeah, I want that. And when <laughs> I came back and got the other thing with him, he just had, didn't have the Dart yet. I I only really, you know, again, for a vehicle that came out in the at the end of the line, this is a plain white vehicle. No, nothing obnoxious about this vehicle at all. The only complaint I have about this vehicle from initial impact is that the firing gun thing is a little silly when because it will instinctively fire every missile. So unless you're just constantly picking up and putting missiles in, you're going to be driving around and just (laughs) going to be like firing blanks or it looks like it's just pistons moving inside the engine or something. Everything else about it I think is rad. I'll talk more about this as I actually get to play with it, but you know I love a toy I've never played with before from the Vintage line, and this really does cross that for me. A lot of the stuff I have never seen is always the stuff at the end of the line like this. So I'm always very excited about it. Alright, back to the list. Um, I picked up a Locust and I don't actually remember who I bought it from. If you're not familiar with the Locust it's the repainted Dragonfly that came out uh, after the end of the vintage line when Toys R Us was making some exclusives like in the little mid to late 90s. They had some kind of oddball stuff come out and this is one of them. I was collecting this stuff when it came out. I really never stopped buying G.I. Joe. So when something was coming out of a lull, I was usually the first one there. But my locust broke the like landing skids many years ago, 15 years ago or longer. And I, when I was doing a purge at one point, I said, I'm going to get rid of this because I don't know how to repair the skids. And I don't know how to just replace them. It was a different time then. <laughs> this, it was You couldn't just go looking for parts like I do now. So I got rid of the whole thing, which was, I admit, a mistake, because I did not know that at a certain point this era of GHO has become much more in favor. People really are looking for this, these, this small window of stuff that Toys R Us produced, and I was fortunate enough that I did grab a lot of it then, because the I was seeing this. I've seen this particular locus at really, really high prices, and I've noticed that they've all started to discolor over the years too which is a real problem. And this, the one that I bought, which again, this is probably like my second purchase. I bought it because the discoloration was not too severe. This picture is actually doing it great justice. It looks worse in person, but also the discoloration is unique to the plastic. So the body is discolored in a way that the rest of it isn't, but at least it's all kind of the same like that. It's not all patchy. There's only one problem with this Locust and it didn't come with a wild bill. It actually came with a V1 wild bill. Uh, which I didn't need. I don't need this pilot either because I had I owned it originally. I have the Wild Bill figure. I got this for $60, which I think is a steal. You might disagree, but I saw other Locusts there that were more than double that price. So I knew that it probably wasn't going to get much better than that. And so, so I pulled the trigger on it. No regrets. It's complete also, and it just happened to be one of those circumstances where I have the pilot. So that works out great. Um, I... Met a guy or purchased from a guy that I had not dealt with before, but I'm familiar with. He runs a store. His name is GI Jason. He does a lot of whatnot auctions, and I see him on Facebook. But I never bought anything from him in person. And he had a booth set up this time, and I had a great interaction with him at his booth. Basically, if you will, if you follow us on Twitter at Anything Joe's Pod, you know a while back I was having an issue with a Moray hydrofoil. I had a moray that I bought a long time ago, and it was in pretty good shape. I had been working on it over a couple of years, but it was still lacking. So I bought a repro sticker sheet from Toy Hacks, and I had taken the task to disassembling it, cleaning it, and just making it look a little better. Well, what happened was two things happened. First thing is I took it apart and there was a lens inside it, uh, which is a, a mega discovery. It was severely yellowed uh, from s- at some point, I guess it got tremendous sunlight exposure. Uh, it didn't really bother to me because it actually adds to the authenticity. I didn't have to just really do a whole lot of homework to see if it was repro or not because it had obviously seen the test of time. The other thing that happened was I learned that this it was uh, basically uncleanable as a shell. It has severe yellowing on the gray underbelly that is could kind of disguise itself as dirt until you really got into it. Actually, until I started peeling the stickers off. And uh, the other thing was is that when you cleaned it, like when I, much like my bald head, when you wash it and it's wet, it looked great. But as it dries, there are flaws that start to become apparent. And on the moray, those flaws are, look like tiny, cal, like little calcified spots. I would compare them to seeing like plaque on the teeth. And there's nothing I could do to get them to come off. I would, I tried like Goo I tried late, lightly like scraping at it and they would disappear when you put something soluble, even Goo It would like, it was almost like it was absorbing it. And they could they, it just was unremovable, and it really bothered me to the point to where I had said I need at least to start over. Worst case scenario, I have to start shopping for a whole new moray, but at least I have the parts to repair whichever one I found. Long way around is saying I talked to this guy. He had three mores there in various conditions, and I talked to him and said, listen, I'll be up front. I'm trying to restore one. My hull is in bad shape. What's the cheapest you know, what's the, which one of these is in the worst condition? Cause that's basically what I'm looking for. And this guy did something that, you know, a lot of vendors wouldn't have done and I got to give him full credit. He was just like, Hey, strip one of them down. I'll put it in my parts. I'll let you have it for $15. This is a huge deal for me because it's exactly what I need at an extremely affordable price. And that's coming off of me like window shopping $125 mores because I didn't, I wasn't sure if I'd have any other option. So I was, I'm just like real super pumped about that. On top of it, I couldn't get the windshields out. So I left them in, but the windshields are actually something else that I needed because mine are severely yellowed. Although they look cool. They look tinted. I was like, okay, well, that's great. I don't have to mess with them. And, uh, and, and they're, it's all good. So that's a project that I'm working on this weekend is finally getting all that done. i got to unsticker this one so I can put the new stickers on it, but I'm very excited to have something like this to work on. I, yeah, I have everything for it. It's like putting a puzzle together. I think it's going to be great. I also picked up this Snake Eyes PVC diorama from him. It was a statue that I had skipped on originally, but they had it at a pretty reasonable price. It wasn't like a steal, but I got it as cheap as I could get it anywhere else. And I, just when I saw it in person, I, I just kind of jumped on it. I was buying pretty aggressively that day, so <laughs> I was just kind of taking everything that, that I, I had a, struck a fancy with me. Uh, I have, t- I bought two kind of like pricier figures and I got them from the guys at the Marauders task force booth, two guys that I always enjoyed talking to and interacting with Just seeing, they always have a hodgepodge of random stuff to look through. And it's usually pretty good stuff. I bought two figures that I have that, uh, one is unopened and I didn't want to open. And the other is a figure that I bought and made a custom out of, that I was looking to replace I bought a FSS doc, that's Carla Greer, the female doc, depending on the continuity that you follow, it was maybe his daughter, or just maybe a female version from an alternate reality. Great figure, I figured that I wanted a long time because they made a vintage version in a convention set that I couldn't get my hands on. I got her as part of the FSS, I don't like opening FSS figures if I can help it, so I saw they had an open complete one, I thought, okay, maybe. The other figure I got is from one of the big convention sets where you get like 15 figures. It's an undertow officer, sort of like a leader. It's a female. She's wearing sort of like the Baroness Diver outfit. And here's a quick tip. If you can get your hands on this figure kind of cheaply and you're into it, uh, you can make a almost like no paint required Mistress Armada from the Devil's Due Due Image G.I. Joe run. She's like a lackey of Destro for a long time and I think is a cool character. All you basically got to do is her feet have her feet are flippers so you got to replace her feet and that's all i think i did because there aren't a lot of african-american women females in the modern line but this so this one just happens to be sleek and mostly black with already destro branded logo on it so before i even owned a regular when i bought this one to make her and i'm really happy with the one that turned out it's again it's super simple anyway i found this i thought you know what i would actually like to have this in my regular collection uh, I got them both for a hundred bucks, so which I think is a very pretty aggressive deal. Uh, all right, we're doing pretty good. Wrapping up, what I picked up vehicle-wise is going to come down to, uh, I guess, what I got from Todd. I'm legally obligated to say that Todd Henderson righted a wrong, and he brought me a Zanzibar air skiff on the episode that I we had previously <laughs> talked about. I told that that when I got it home, it had a broken post on it. Which is neither Todd's fault nor mine. It was just something that we both missed when we looked at it. But much respect to Todd, who heard the episode, reached out and said, Hey, I've got one for you. That that's right. I do appreciate that. Not a lot of vendors would do that either. Um uh and that's was my you know, my biggest purchase was for sure from Todd. Todd had put together a, a nice night force slot and I went in on it almost immediately. I had already decided I was gonna buy like the I sorry, I always forget the night force designations of these it's the night force armadillo one of them's called like the night blaster or something i'm not going to try to do that because it's just going to confuse you and me but if i say night force armadillo <laughs> i know most people know not sorry the night force oh my god i'm wrecking it persuader I uh, it is the persuader yes you're right good job Jaron. so anyway if i say Night force persuader i think more people will know be able to click what that means than if i said the name of it None of these vehicles are complete. They're all missing something small. And when it comes to these high-end, sought-after vehicles, I feel like that's almost the only way to go right now is to get them, and I'll be able to kind of complete them here and there instead of trying to spend thousands of dollars on just one of them complete. I'll work my way there. So the Night Force uh, Persuader is missing the gun over, that go not the bigger gun, but the one that goes beneath it. I got the Night Force Maggot, um, which is missing the radar dish, which is actually an easy fix because it looks like it's the same color as the regular Maggot. And I got the Night Force Triple T, which is only missing the engine cover, which is not a big deal because the control stick isn't broken. And if you if you know me, I, dude, I went through five Triple Ts, if, we, if you'll flash back with me to other episodes. I went through about half a dozen before I actually was able to get one that was completely unbroken and that control stick was a big part of it. One last thing you might have seen that I didn't talk about here is that at the Roma Collectibles booth, uh, Aaron and Mary were selling these uh, handmade uh, stuffed dolls that are G.I. Joe characters. I almost certainly got it in the video. If it hasn't shown up yet, it will. And I love unique one-offs like this, things that are kind of outside of the zeitgeist of what we normally buy. I thought this would also appeal to my childhood, trying to brainwash into loving G.I. Joe with me. So <laughs> I, I wanted to buy it. Uh, I actually reached out to Roma for more information on the creator of this because I didn't get the information at the time of purchase, but this creator runs a store on Etsy, which you can find. It's called Handmade Stuffs, all one word, and they have tons of stuff. There's no G.I. Joe stuff up right now, but I looked at it earlier, and there was really unique things like there's a Jason Voorhees on there, just like... Some stuff stuff that you wouldn't normally expect to see plushies of. So check it out. I was really happy with this. It's extremely well made. It's actually not the only uh, handmade doll that we picked up there. Jaren and I both uh, found a woman that was crocheting uh, different sizes and styles of of entertainment-based properties there. I always try to get something for my daughter when we go to these conventions. It doesn't have to be G.I. Joe themed. She likes all kinds of toys. Uh, but she's young enough that this sort of thing is—I knew would definitely be a hit. So, and also, I, you know, it goes without saying, but I—I I really feel very strongly about supporting artists and creators that are at toy shows that are not like in the wheelhouse. I feel very uh, sympathetic—is maybe the wrong word—but you see sometimes uh, artists and creators that are taking a chance at a show that it might not be a big hit for them because, again, a lot of people showing up for GI Joe stuff—you don't know what the division of people that are also going to look at crochet hand goods are. But I try to support those people when I can. And I felt like this was a perfect opportunity where our interests align. So I've got a little tiny little bee that was like maybe 10 bucks. I thought she would like. And then I also got a much larger Mario that I thought was adorable. Um, it was, and that was a big hit, not as big of a hit as those 16 or so figures that I got of that grab bag, which she's been playing with endlessly. But that's what it's all about. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff. Stuff like that that's beaters for customs. I was like, hey, look at what I got. A big bag of 30 figures. Do whatever you want. She loves the ninja stuff. So it was cool that there was a bunch of like high-level toys uh, that are like fancy feudal Japan ninjas in there. She really got a kick out of those. <laughs> Jaren, is there anything as we wrap up that we're forgetting to discuss or anything that you would like to mention? I will say in closing that... Uh, Jaron touched on it earlier, but it was a, it was a tremendously great experience. It's the only time we get to see Jason and Joel, two of our dearest friends. So I always you know, really uh, find that time to be uh, is a big deal for me. Uh, it's also great to see uh, guys from podcasts from the pit. I had not met Hilby Harper, so it was great to see him. Uh, all, uh, it's always a pleasure to see all the great vendors like. Greg and Natalie at Lost and Found Toys, Todd at Distro's Toy Den, the guys at the Roma booth, the guys at toy department, the Marauders Task Force. I mean, I could go on and on. You go to these shows long enough, you really do start to develop a special connection with the people. I'm no longer the I, – I, I say I'm there to see my friends, but my vendors are the friends too. You, it starts to become like a very real family-based occasion. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, Shout-out to uh, – man, I'm, I'm, now I'm starting to sweat that I'm going to forget somebody. It was a tremendous pleasure to meet people that we had not met before, especially other creator con- uh, content creators. We met Mike from Once on Joe Mind briefly, uh, which was a big deal. We saw Hooded Cobra Commander, who we you know we've worked with before, but never met him in person. That was a big deal. Those are two content creators that had a huge influence on me when I when Jaren and I decided to create this show those were the guys that I was listening to and watching. So anything you see in this show that is reminiscent of theirs, it's because of that subconsciously, or maybe even not. I am a big fan of their work <laughs> and I hope they, I hope they know that. Um, all right, Jared. I, if I've forgotten anybody except you, sweep it up. Tell me what's the <laughs> the last thought on it.
2: So uh, I, I'm sure I mentioned him, but just in case of then, it's also great to see Patrick uh, and his brother Barkley. They, they, uh, they're really cool dudes. We like to hang out with them. Also, Patrick is really spearheading the charge to try to get us to JoeFest, uh, and and it, it's <laughs> it's not looking impossible, which is which is impressive. So, uh, it's it's always cool to see them. Plus, we got to go to a place really close to the convention center. It's a comic book store called Clobbering Comics. Wanted to mention them just because it, it's such a nice atmosphere in there. The the comic shop owner. Super nice. He asks questions about the con, makes sure everybody's having fun. Um, And he does a really cool thing. I picked up a few of them. He has all of the blank uh, artist variants of comic books. He gives them to local artists and has has them do them and then splits proceeds with them. Uh, So that's a really cool thing. And I I was able to grab a few of those. Really, if you can make it to the show, it's a really good one to make it to, for sure. It is a tremendous
1: show. It has become a huge deal for me it recharges me socially and depletes me financially but uh there's it says something that i am trying to run a laundry list of the people that i appreciate that go into making the show that are there to and bring their goods for me to purchase and also interact with me in a social environment the amount of people there you know not just other podcast creators that we enjoy hanging out with but the people that we run into that are fans of the show that we, yes, that we don't know how to interact with still, we're working on it. Um, I can't, I really can't put it into words. The show is amazing to me. It's very, very important. I look forward to it months in advance. I plan for it months in advance. And I, I've never come home without a huge haul at, at the bar none of the best prices that I can find anywhere in the world. And it makes me happy now that other people are also seeing the value in the show. There was a time where Jaren, it felt like this was our show and we, (laughs) nobody really talked about it at a tremendous length. And I'm glad that it's getting more attention. It's drawing in more people. The show continues to grow. I say it every year. I, I do. I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone that goes into it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm appreciative to be a part of it at any level, even if just from the coverage standpoint. Lastly, The big checklist. How long until Greg has finished his vehicle collection? I do not have an exact number yet, but I want to throw out that it is not, it is, it's getting there. It is getting to a point where I can, I will soon be able to have put a number out that will completely, will be done with it. Which will be a truly a lifelong goal that I did not think I would be able to accomplish. The rough numbers are I've got about 15 vehicles that I consider to be incomplete, which means they either have a broken shell and need to be replaced, or they are missing, You typically, one to three parts. You're not uh, It's not a big ask on a lot of this stuff. I have a separate list of vehicles that I do not own in any capacity. That list now numbers about 30 vehicles, and that is not even as bad as it sounds because... I still have multiple, I mean, for real, probably a dozen of those little backpack kits are on there, which are just a matter of finding at the right place at the right time. There's like half a dozen of those Air Commando jets. Like, It's actually a pretty small number uh, when we get down to it. I'm optimistic that I I will be able to complete this entire list in the next. I I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but I'm going to say three years or less, I think I can finish it. It'll really depend on the, when we get down to the hunt for the, the truly, truly rare stuff, like the, I, I'm the missile, not the missile command center, the Sears command center rarity, which I don't even know if I I don't, we we'll, we'll, I'll, when we get down to that, we'll talk to the community. If, if you guys will give it a pass and say, you don't have to have it, then I will consider it done. If you say I got to have it, then we will collectively begin hunting for it. I suppose. <laughs> Um, we'll be back in two short weeks. It is you know we we're entering a new phase, and that phase is the road to Serpentor is what I'm calling it. It's time for Jaron to see the G.I. Joe animated movie, which he has never watched in his life, and I don't feel as I don't feel it's in good taste to show him that without at least telling helping him understand Serpentor's backstory, which he's also never seen. I put a poll up on our Twitter again. That's Anything Joe's Pod. Uh, last week, asking, what's the preference here? Should I should Jaren watch the five-part Arise supreme or Arise cartoon? Or should we spend an, a, the same amount of time, which would be roughly five issues of the Marvel's A Real American Hero run? Which I think most people would probably put between 49, you know, like 49 to 53, somewhere in there. At the very least, 49 to 50. Uh, but... If you didn't weigh in on that vote, it's not too late because we're going to run the vote on the Instagram as well, now that Jaron knows what the deal is, and we'll tally (laughs) those two sets of votes together, and whichever wins, that's what we're going to launch into. If you voted on the Twitter poll, you can also vote on the Instagram poll if you feel strongly enough that you want to influence your vote. We just want to make sure all of our listeners and social media followers have a chance to weigh in on it. And it is tight, let me tell you. I don't have the full numbers, but the last time I looked, it was I think it was literally 50-50. So uh, get in there and sway the vote however you want, Manchurian Candidates. Uh, you can reach out to us on either of those socials at AnythingJoe'sPod. You can also email us at AnythingJoe'sPodcast at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. Thoughts on picking up, you know, what's your goals for collecting in 2024 we're still early on and this was my first score kentuckiano is not till june so i have a little leeway in there i'd like to live vicariously through you guys what are you hoping to pick up this year if you found anything great already let us know leave a comment here send us an email it's that's the kind of stuff that i live for uh and we look forward to talking to you again in just two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on anything joe's Comic book, watching
0: cartoon episodes. Watch me going box, dead stock, jaring on his toes. Watch me going like a whole new world, you never know. On my freaking block, on my block.